Hey listeners, your rewatchers would love for you to join us at the 2018 Philadelphia Podcast Festival. The Philadelphia Podcast Festival is a free two-weekend-long podcast fest featuring over 45 podcasts recording live at six venues across Philadelphia from June 22nd to July 1st. The Highlander Rewatch Podcast will be doing a live interactive podcast on Saturday, June 23rd at 4 p.m. at our favorite Philadelphia watering hole, Tattooed Mom, located on Historic South Street. Our live show is completely free and will feature plenty of games and prizes you can win. Come early and enjoy some other podcasts, such as the Dungeons & Dragons podcast, A Quest for Magic and Steel at 1 p.m., or check out the Dad Life podcast, Pop in Bottles, at 3. Following the Highlander Rewatchers show at 4, stick around for some more nostalgia with the Cinescape podcast, Dissecting the 80s podcast, and the Good Times Great Movies cast. For more information, visit phillypodfest.com for the complete list of shows and schedule. Once again, we invite you to join us at Tattooed Moms, located at 530 South Street, on Saturday, June 23rd at 4 p.m. for an awesome time celebrating Highlander with the Highlander Rewatch crew. Find the event page on our Facebook page to RSVP. We can't wait to see you there. Hey listeners, we've got another amazing episode for you recorded this past fall at the Highlander Worldwide Convention. The Rewatchers chat with Grant Kempster, founder of the storied Highlander fan club, Highlander Heart. The gang talks about the founding of the original fanzine, Peter Wingfield's coat catching on fire on the set of Endgame, marrying Dracula in a Highlander fan film, and much more. We hope you really enjoyed this episode and our discussion with Grant, and make sure to check out the Highlander Heart fan page on Facebook. On with the show. We are here at Highlander Worldwide, day one, and uh, today I have with me Grant. How's it going, Grant? It's going pretty good so far. It's early days. I've not been up that long, and I haven't had much sleep, so uh, later on I'll probably be crawling on the floor. Yeah, yeah. You know, just... the, the floors look really nice and clean here. You, you came here from the United Kingdom. I did, indeed, yes. I came all the way from England just for this, because um, I couldn't miss it. Just couldn't miss it. Yeah. Uh, so what, what about Highlander makes you come here all the way? The Kurgan is here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The Kurgan, he, he, he's chaotic. He's going he's gonna to mix it up a little bit. But you're here from England. What about Highlander made you make the trip? Uh, I have loved it for a very long time. A very long time. Um, and about 21, 22 years ago, I started a fan club um, in the UK, but it was worldwide. Um, and the advent of the internet um, quite some time ago and allowed me to sort of, you know, bring it back and sort of uh, find new, as well as some of the old members we still have on there from all that time ago, as well as new ones. Um, so I, it's been a part of my life for so long at this point. I don't even know how to explain what it is I love about it. But, I mean, I, th- I suppose at its core, it's the romanticism of living forever. Um, it's the juxtaposition of the, the, the flashbacks and the modern day. Um, fighting with swords in modern day was something that just, just grabbed me straight away. And the visuals. Um, Russell Marquez's uh, visuals. 
in the film just blew me away at the time. So, you know, it's an awful lot of things. Um, but uh, as I say, and also more importantly, I think is the fans, or rather the family. Because at this point, we've been doing this all for so long online that actually, you know, we're walking around the halls and, and sort of things, you're looking at people, you're that, you're that, you know, and, and just finally getting to meet people that you've been talking to for years or just watching and sort of experiencing stuff through. So, yeah, it's, um, it's awesome. Really glad to be here. <laughs> We're glad to have you. Um, can you tell our, our fans and listeners a little bit about y your involvement with the Highlander fan community? Um, well, as I say, we, I sort of, well, actually what I did was I, I took over a fan club. I, I went to join. I saw an ad in a magazine, um, a British magazine called Starburst. Um, which is kind of like the sort of UK equivalent of Starlog. Um, and I was uh, overjoyed because at the time, as everybody probably did in the early days, thought I was the only person who liked Highlander. Um, and I was like, oh my God, there's a fan club. So I, I got in touch and said, I'm just about to wrap it up, I'm sorry. It took me about a minute to think about it. And then I wrote back because it's all by, you know, there's no email, there's no internet, uh, you know, via mail. And can I take it over? Yeah, sure. Get in touch with Davis Panzer, find out. And I did and got in contact with them and uh, I uh, started the club and I was, I mean, I'm a graphic designer by trade. So I started designing fanzines, which I would do quarterly. Um, I have some up in the hotel room, which I'll bring down and show you guys. Um, and uh, I love doing it. I mean, I, I only really did it for probably two years because, again, you're dealing with uh, getting money in for the, the producing the fanzine and things like that and posting them all out and you know, I had a job and, and then I had a girlfriend and it just, you know, everything just became too complicated. But my friend who's also here, um, Rob, who you must grab at some point, especially if he's wearing a kilt because that's always good fun, um, he, uh, he took over from me for a bit as well and, and uh, we met actually in Denver at the, uh, one of the gatherings uh, 21 years ago uh, this month. Um, so he's kind of been on this journey uh, with me too. So I've been involved in that way um, for a long time. As I say, Facebook came about, and we were able to kind of expand that, and now we've got like 3,500 members, and it's fantastic. But I've also been very lucky to be involved to some degree in some of the other sort of aspects of Highlander. Again, as my job as a designer, I, I tend to do a lot of graphic stuff, so I've done like the covers for some of the fan films, like uh, Highlander Dark Places, The Watcher, the Hans Kirshner um, thing that's they're, uh, previewing this weekend. Um, but I also... Um, have a lot of friends at a company called Big Finish that do all the audio dramas and things. Um, and one of my best friends, sadly, is not here anymore uh, with us anymore. Uh, Paul Sprague was producing the second season um, of the Highlander audios. Um, and the first thing I said to him is, you've got to do the Four Horsemen. And he's like, okay, so we could do the Four Horsemen. And previous to that, Adrian had uh, narrated purely by himself. His... his woman voice creeped me out and I found it very <laughs> difficult to listen to um, so I said so I said to Paul I said look, look it's like well, I, why don't you do like a full cast we can't do it we can't afford to do a full cast audio just get them to record bits of but get them to write it and record bits of audio then you can slip in and then you, you essentially got it and that's what they did and I was lucky enough to do the, the, the cover you know the cover artwork for all of that as well went down to the recording when Richard and Marcus were recording um, which was awesome so I've been very lucky to sort of dip my toes into sort of uh, Highlander in some respect as well as, uh, as just being a fan. So, yeah, that's, that's great. And uh, we're going to be doing a panel together yes. on Sunday, so that'll be exciting, and we'll share that with you. We don't want to spoil it. Well, but no, exactly. But yeah. if, uh, if you'd have told, told the me 21 years ago that I would be on a panel at a Highlander convention, 
I would have blown my mind, literally. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. It's amazing. And uh, so did you, like, staple all the zines together and, like, go to the Xerox place yeah. and all that? I've still got the, the massive stapler I had yeah, to buy. Yeah, yeah, so I could get into the middle. Um, and the first four issues are black and white. Um, and uh, I think I did uh, maybe two color ones, um, sort of up the, uh, the amount of money that people could sort of send in to, to produce them. Uh, and that was great. And I think Rob did a couple of color ones as well. But actually, it's one of those, it's one of those things. We ended up spending more than we, than we, you know, we ended up spending money on it. But you do it because you love it. And actually, it's not too, you know, too big a problem. I mean, if you make zines, you're making it because you like to make them because it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. And since we, uh, since we sort of uh, refounded on Facebook, I made uh, three digital versions of the magazine. Um, so they are out there somewhere, and occasionally I sort of repost the links for them. Um, but I'll, uh, I'll try and do that again sort of after this weekend in case anybody wants to see them. But yeah, it's, uh, it was, it's always great to do, and it was great because I, I worked as a film journalist for 12 years, so I, sort of, I was on the set of uh, Highlander Endgame um, uh, as well and sort of interviewed the cast on that. That, again, took about blow your mind. Um, <laughs> really, it was uh, just an amazing, uh, amazing, just sitting next to Christoph on the set, uh, with the graveyard sequence, um, uh, not with Bruce because he had pneumonia at the time, but uh, just the Duncan and, uh, and Connor moments and stuff, and with uh, Peter and uh, Jim as well, um, was amazing. But I uh, was able to sort of interview people um, for it too, so I kind of had that background as well. So within the magazines, I would sort of, you know, get in touch with people and, you know, like uh, add a, a sort of shared friend between me and Russell Markai, so I got in touch with him and like, rang him up when he was doing Resident Evil at the time uh, with Doug Ionikowski. Um, uh, Doug and I are sort of friends now, so you know we'd, we'd sort of occasionally, if I ever you know wanted to speak to him, he's really great. And same, he's the same with John. You know, he's always very willing. Um, you know, actually, those guys from Endgame were a lovely family in themselves. I'm, I'm sure you saw uh, Ian Paul Casty last night. Did you see him? Yes. Cracker Bob. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a nice surprise. Um, a lot of stories to tell. A lot of stories, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. There's literally nothing I can say <laughs> on the record. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, more for him. And he had this great like scrapbook. His like scrapbook was amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. It was amazing. He's the only person that sort of did that on set. Was was just really sort of hungry for it and just just really enjoyed, um, you know, going around taking pictures and, and sort of enjoyed the whole experience. I think everybody on that film had very different experiences. Um, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, purely just being there on set and seeing that less than half the, the uh, crew could even speak English and, and the problems that that created in trying to uh, explain what, what you want was, was a nightmare. Um, and the cold, my God, the cold. The cold. The first day, I, I thought, okay, it's cold. I'll wear, like, jeans and a jumper and a jacket and you know, it was fine. The second day, I wore everything that I brought with me all at once and I was still cold. Um, it was a great moment. Well, it wasn't a great moment, really, for the uh, for the um, uh, for the costume people. Um, it was uh, standing with uh, Peter and uh, Jim, sort of near the, the heaters, uh, which were gas fire heaters, and uh, Pete's coat caught fire. <laughs> so all sorts of problems on that film. But um, yeah, anyway, yeah, we digress. It's like dedication to to show up in that cold and. You still, you still loved it because you're there with Christoph Lambert and all the Highlander guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first night I got there, the publicist uh, sort of dropped me off in the hotel room and gave me a copy of the script. I nearly died. 
It was just amazing. I, I sat there reading it. Like, I was late, but I was just like, just sitting there reading and thought it was the best thing I'd ever read, you know, because you know, benefit of hindsight. But uh, <laughs> at the time, it read, it read well, um, you know, but uh, yeah, and it was, a, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And then I got to tell you, they, it was Thanksgiving. So he took me to the Thanksgiving dinner they had at the hotel and, and again, sort of walking around. I mean, I'd sort of bumped into Adrian at cons and things, but never really had a conversation and stuff. And, and suddenly being on a completely different level and being sort of, it was very strange. You know, I, I felt weird about it. I think maybe he felt weird about it. If he, if he felt anything about it at all, probably not. Um, but uh, yeah, and then Christoph walks in and, and Christoph is amazing. He, if, when he walks in a room, he'll shake, a ha shake hands with everybody in the room. He's just so disarming and just, you know, just, yeah, just amazing. Um, yeah, that was a really good experience. That's really great to hear. Um, so we kind of asked this question of uh, everyone. Uh, would you like to be immortal if you had the opportunity? Well, yes. Um, and if, uh, Davis Panzer, if you're listening, uh, I'm also an actor. Um, and would I, yeah, I've been waiting. I have been... Several times I've sort of, I interviewed uh, Cedric Nicholas uh, Tryon um, before he left the project, purely because I wanted to get in contact with him. <laughs> you know, and that's a little bit, you know, devious, but yeah, it's, um, but yeah, of course, I, you know, who wouldn't want to be immortal? I mean, I appreciate, yes, seeing everyone you love die, and that would be awful. Um, but speaking from experience where I've dealt with a fair amount of that already anyway, you know, uh, yeah, to live to it forever and to, to see so much um, would be uh, pretty incredible. So, yeah, definitely love to. Cool. Are you going to try to get Chad Stileski to interview with you? Chad, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> um, well, yeah, who knows? No, I'm sure they're going to have all sorts of, I mean, that, Chad is another level. Uh, the, everyone, everyone I've had on board, uh, you know, tenuously on board, uh, with the exception of the Fast and Furious guy, has sort of been sort of, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But yeah, Chastelisky's like up here, so you know you're going to get a really good film, and therefore you're going to get a good script, and you're going to get a really good cast. So I haven't got a shot in hell. But I, I can dream, I can dream. And, you know, these guys are making, you know, uh, fan films and stuff all the time. Actually, I was in one of them. It wasn't my best work. Um, <laughs> uh, dark Places. Yeah, I... I I married uh, Vlad Dracula and uh, his wife. Okay. Um, so, uh, and that, that was me in England with a green screen, and I'd, I'd hired a costume. And my, my, but my, at this point, my wife wasn't speaking to me because I'd spent so much money. I'd like bought this green screen set up, like the, the costume hire. She's like, why are you doing this? So I was doing it at night, and my wife was asleep in the room above me. My son, sorry, my son was uh, in, on the same floor as me. So I was trying to be really loud, but quite quiet as well. And I just, I, yeah, it just wasn't quite working. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, so these guys are doing stuff all the time. So, uh, uh, yeah, there's good stuff coming. Hans Kirshner and apparently a new watcher short as well. Yeah. Thank you very much. Look forward talking with us, and we'll see you around.